TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Give me Josh Allen all day, every day. When I look in his eyes before every game, there's not a worry in my mind. And I guarantee you that's the same mindset of everybody in this locker room. You know, I believe Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the NFL. It excites me that I get an opportunity to call plays with him. Is it a new day for the Buffalo Bills? Can we start talking about the playoffs again? Am I allowed to keep most of my hair? Or what's left of it? All well, the answer to the questions. first two questions are, are yes. The other oh, one Frank. is... Uh... I said what's left of it. And the answer is still maybe. We're going to find out. Yeah, we are. We're going to find out the hard way. The Bills take on the Jets tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you got to deal with that defense one more time. Mm-hmm. And you're now doing it with a new offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey obviously being let go this past week. Joe Brady taking over and will now call the plays for this offense and quarterback Josh Allen. I was so salty about that Broncos loss that if if there was no moves made within that team, this would have become Sabres talk Saturday. Where I completely would have ignored the Buffalo Bills, not had a care in the world about them, and ignored them out of spite. But, true to my word, they did something. They did something, I would say, massive. It is now... Joe Brady calling the plays. Ken Dorsey's out. And if you've followed me on Twitter, if you've heard me enough on this show, I I was a certified Ken Dorsey hater of sorts. It's unfortunate for someone to lose their job. That is, it's something you don't really want. You want better from that person. That's all it is. Like you mm-hmm. you don't ever want someone to lose their job. You don't want it. It's just something that is an inevitability. Um and in the NFL, coaches do, you know, coaches of that rank do get compensated well enough that the volatility of its job or the potential for being fired, it does still allow for some sort of comfort in the end. Um if you do get let go from that sort of thing. So I'm not necessarily saying like I don't care that he got fired. He's getting paid for it. It's also just, you know, it's a way to try to make people feel better about it. It's like, yeah, like people, coaches get fired. Um, It's something that I say. Coaches ultimately serve to get fired one day. And those that climb high enough, they get compensated pretty, pretty well for it. I mean, 
Evan in the update talking about Ron Rivera, you know, like that's a man that will end up getting fired from Washington at some point. Probably just, after that, this season. Exactly. Like who knows what happens, but I can bank on one day you are going to get let go from your team. Now let me say this before we really talk about the offense and we really talk about everything else. There is one more thing about coaching in the NFL. I say coaches ultimately serve to one day get fired. Now, the crosshairs remain on one person on this coaching staff for Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And it is simply due to the measure of there is no one left. I'm not even going to go into the tumultuous ways of like the release of Heath Farwell after 13 seconds, um, the dismissal of Leslie Frazier, the rift between McDermott and Brian Dable, um, Chad Hall moving on from the team to a uh, similar position instead of going for a promotion. Like there's the thing is, is that a lot of that could be speculative. I'm not going to say anything necessarily about that, but the reality is Sean McDermott is now the only one left. If this yep. team continues to falter, that's where the axe drops. Yeah. There is nowhere left for him to quote unquote hide. And of course, I'm not going to say that he's necessarily hiding or, and I would even say it's somewhat speculative that um, he's trying to take the heat off himself by firing Dorsey. Like the thing is, there are a lot of coaching mess ups in that Denver game. Inexcusable ones that fall on the head coach. Ones that should allow fans to question why he's here. That said, the offense has needed to wake up in a sense. Was that game against Denver something I would call Dorsey's fault? Absolutely not. It wasn't play calling necessarily that was the biggest woe. Though there are some wrinkles that I can even talk about from that game. But it was a lot of execution errors. Gabe Davis drops a pass, bounces right to a Broncos player. James Cook fumbles. Josh Allen drops a handoff. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that like there's, no, a, there's a lot of snark on the internet like going oh why Dorsey call that play um, you know basically saying like you know he, it it's not him that's the problem the thing is is that if you're implying that Ken Dorsey wasn't the problem I do unfortunately have some bad news for you he was part of it he was he was a At, he was a big part of it he was a big part it's of not it. even ju- it's not even just the Broncos game it's it's all season they've had three realistically the Bills have had three good offensive games. All year. And even, We're 10 games in. And even then, you can call into question the Washington game. Yeah. They scored a defensive touchdown in that yeah. one to yeah. inflate the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something about the Denver game, though, that I can point to the now former offensive coordinator. When the Bills went up-tempo out of absolute necessity, they were marching down the field. They've always been doing that. They've always been doing that. And I know it's not ready. It's not possible to constantly run up-tempo. Right. But use it to put pressure on another team, not to bail yourself out. Right. That's the thing to me. Use it to keep the keep the defense on their heels. Use it to put pressure not just the opposing defense. Use it to make a team like Denver have to think have to match you. Yeah. Denver match your speed. Denver coached stupidly enough that you should have won this football game. Yeah. They tried handing it back. Like you gave it to them right away. And they kept giving it back. 
And you kept pushing the plate away. They were sliding it your way like, here, take it, take it. And then you go, no, 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 it's fine. Um, no, I don't want green bean casserole. It was the reverse tug of war game. Yes. You're not pulling at it. You're trying to give them the rope. It was two magnets of similar polarity, and you're trying to shove them together. Yeah. That's what that game was. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but my main thing here is up-tempo only to bail you out instead of putting pressure on another team. And more importantly, when you started running the football from under center – Oh my god, it worked. <laughs> Find someone in your life that you can love as much as Ken Dorsey loved taking James Cook and shoving him into a mass of bodies. There was no play that that man loved more than the shotgun sprint draw. So, yes, the move did ultimately have to happen because play calling wise, there was not enough going on from Dorsey where you would just get in your own way. The Bills should run the ball more. Yeah, not like that every time. If I'm handing some, if I'm handing the football off in shotgun, there is no running start. You're basically banking on the offensive line to get a good enough push that you can get a couple yards at a time. Maybe break a hole open. Mm -hmm. But as you saw in that Denver game, the minute they started running the football from under center, James Cook popped off. And it's not a surprise. You're able to attack with speed. What has James Cook got that these other backs of the Bills' backfield have? Not have. Speed. He's able to attack with it. He's able to attack with finding other holes, using his vision. But no, let's keep doing the shotgun draw. Yes, there is enough to take from Ken Dorsey in his, I'll call it one and a half seasons, just so that it can be lazy about the description. You know, one season in 10 games, like one and a half seasons. There's enough to take away from it to know that he was not ready for this. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. You look at the quarterback and you can tell he's not comfortable in this system based on whatever reads are being given to him, but the timing's off. You look at that interception that he threw against Denver near the end of the first half. (coughs) We've seen that play get picked off in so many games this year. That means that there's a predictability going on with this play call. They see that route. They know that it must be a first read and it's a quick play. See it, throw it. And the problem is, when you're throwing it, it's getting picked off. You saw it in week one against the Jets. You saw it this past week with Denver. You saw it the week before with Cincinnati. You saw it the week... You saw it a couple weeks before that in New England on the first pass of the game. Obviously, the concept is be, is predictable. And Ken Dorsey oftentimes was doing things that were predictable and unimaginative enough that fans and media are looking at it and going, this is going to happen. 
And if we can do that, people that have dedicated their lives and their craft to perfecting defense in the National Football League, athletes and coaches, are going to see it and they're going to spot it and they're going to correct it. And they're going to make you pay. And that was happening all too often with the Ken Dorsey offense. Not enough motion going on to help Allen decipher defenses. Like There are ways it can give the game away. It's a chess match. It's something that you're allowed to go ahead and tinker with a defense and make them have to show you something. It stinks that a person has to get fired. But at the end of the day, something had to happen. Losing to Denver and falling to 11th place in the AFC... If somebody that was there, if if that entire coaching staff was there, was the same coaching staff entering this game, I wouldn't have said a word about this team. Because what's the point? So it had to happen. And now comes the most vital stretch of this Buffalo Bills team. You are in 11th place. Seven games left. You are behind Gardner Minshew Mm -hmm. and Aiden O'Connell in the playoff race. If the San Diego Chargers didn't have a fetish for shooting themselves in the foot, you'd be behind them too. If the New York Jets beat you, You fall to 12th at minimum. And unfortunately, Robert Sala's defense is good enough that that is a realistic possibility. No matter what happens elsewhere in the conference, if you lose to the Jets, that is your 6th conference loss, and you're as low as 13th in the AFC. And you've lost to Zach Wilson twice. That part I don't care about anymore. You have to beat whatever you see in front of you, or you're oh, going yeah. to well, lose. Yeah, of course. But again, you have to. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers is on that team right now. If you lose, you're done. Not that you can't run off wins and get there. Because the AFC is suddenly vulnerable. I just hate the fact that this team could if they lose tomorrow, they would have lost three of their last four games to the to Zach Wilson. I Q- just I hate that. QB wins aren't a stat. I know. You're losing to the Jets. You were losing to the Jets. I, I know. Who happened to employ Zach Wilson. Yeah. But that wasn't their intention. Technically, that game that they won, Mike White started. Okay. Not even technically. Don't even feel better that about was, that. That was, that was the win. It was the win. You, I, you I don't, I, that makes me feel a lot better. I mean, he's the better quarterback, so you should feel better about it. About the win, I guess. I guess. But, of course, the point being, you lose this game. Yeah, season's over. We're done. Yeah. We're talking draft. Yeah. And I haven't had that feeling since 2018. Yeah. Me too. And... It is such an unfamiliar position, and it's also a blasphemous position based on who you have under center. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting the offense to break out in this game. 
What I am hoping for is that they just do enough to survive. Because what else is there? The alternative is your season is dead in the water. Yep. Well, it's simple as that. Your season is dead in the water if you lose this game. You are already behind in every imaginable tiebreaker that there is. What else can you do? You have to win. And now the AFC has some vulnerability to it. There is a chance coming back to this team that honestly is undeserved based on how they've played. But at the same time, it's there. A window, the window has, you shut the window on your own fingers and after you yelled out in pain, there's a crack back in it. Deshaun Watson's gone for the year. Mm-hmm. As mediocre as he's been, it's better than P.J. Walker. It's better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But can Cleveland do enough to survive and get in the playoffs? They got a, they got a good roster. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the masters of voodoo, wizardry, and BS. And I'm convinced at this point that Mike Tomlin's a warlock. I'm pretty sure you're right. He gets magical powers from some otherworldly patron that allows the Steelers to never have a losing record with him. He probably has a, has his own like they little, are the weird, little they are the area weirdest he, team. He has his own area in the they are the weirdest in, the, team. in his office where he just does seances. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the Steelers, you should be better than the Bengals. They're done. They Burrow also have five. Year, yeah. They also have five conference losses. Yeah, Burrow's out for the year. Yeah, that is going to be not good enough. They're starting Jake Browning, and Jake Browning can do as admirable as he can. There's still too many games within your conference. They're zero and three in their division. At least the Bills somehow beat a AFC East opponent, the one that we would have thought that they would have actually lost to. Yeah. So Cincinnati is in huge trouble. That they're basically done. But as of right now, as of today, you're behind them. Yep. And if you lose to the Jets, you're behind them. And the Bengals. They, I mean, it's, they have to run the table in the AFC. They have to run the table in the AFC. They, you, their only losses they can, they can afford are Philly and Dallas. Which would put them at 10 and 7. But if you based on the records, conf- but if you improve your conference record, that will improve head to head. Studying up your as well, studying up would, your conference record would help. Ten and seven, ten and seven would conceivably get you in. Conceivably get you in. Problem is, the rest of the AFC has been pretty tight and cooking. Yeah, yeah. The only playoff team that has a five and four record is Houston, a very promising group right now. Yeah, and they they could easily challenge. And they're challenging for the division. Mm-hmm. So. Again, there's a lot. There's a lot that's going to go into this. We have no idea what happens. Time to get connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Before we take a break and get to Dave Buchanan, we'll go to Scott here in Williamsville. Scott, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. How are you doing? How are you doing? Thank you for taking the call. I just, I'm curious, did 
anyone have a problem with Dorsey at 13 and 3? Did anyone have a problem with Dorsey against the Raiders or the Commanders or the Dolphins? Did a first time OC, first year, go 13 and 3 and then walk in and say, hey, let's change everything. I think we should go to 12 personnel and get a tight end. Two billion people in China knew we needed a wide receiver. And he's the scapegoat. Do you trust anything that McDermott says going back to 13 seconds? Chad Hall waking up and saying, a beloved Chad Hall. I'm going to take a lateral move to Jacksonville. Leslie Frazier saying, who needs these millions? I'm just going to quit and then look for another job three months down the road. I mean, what are you putting the blame here, man? Nobody had a problem with 13 and three. Four turnovers, and Josh is still the man. I don't get it, but I'll hang up and listen. Scott, what you're alluding to is something I've already said. Um, there's only one person left that you can put blame on, and if yeah. things continue the yeah. way they are, he's gone. Yeah. Simple as that. Because what you're alluding to is Sean McDermott. And I've already said it. I don't need to say it again. But to say that Dorsey is infallible or blameless is irresponsible and incorrect. So that is what I have to say. But yes, McDermott we even I, I McDermott was, has the crosshairs now. There's he, no one left. He does and you know he 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 had said, you know, where was this when the team went 13 and 3 last year? We had problem, we had questions about the offense last year too. Even when they were winning. Frank, last year was one of the more miserable years I've done this right. The whole thing. Last year was really frustrating. It was a mo- it was the most frustrating 13 and 3 season we've ever done. Yeah. I, exactly. That's the, that's exactly it. We I had questions last year about Dorsey as an as an OC. Yeah, there were you people did. calling for him to not come back after year one. Yeah. So like it's it's been there. Um, but I know what he's getting at, and that's at McDermott. Yeah. And yeah. And we you and they said you and you know you'd mentioned that already. We, I mentioned it already. He's in the crosshairs because there's no one left. Yeah. And if this team continues to struggle, guess what? We this is all the next know, one. We all know how it ends yeah. if they struggle. He's and on it his, starts with a tough one against the Jets. And you know, and McDermott's now on his fourth offensive coordinator. Hey, good news. Let's talk about something cool. Okay. Let's talk about a winning Buffalo team. Ooh. I like a winning Buffalo team. That's what we're gonna do in the next segment. We're gonna have Dave Buchanan on. Talk about the Buffalo Bandits. Let's go. They get started in three weeks. So here we go. We'll talk about the Bandits, the NLL on the other side here, Dave Buchanan. Joining us on the next segment of Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. 
See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Dane Smith up to his average per game at seven points. A golden six assists. He's got the ball now down in the Colorado zone. Smith, quick stick shot, score! Riding high now. Buffalo with the 11-4 lead. And, folks, it's been a long time coming for the Buffalo Bandits. 2016 losing to Saskatchewan. 2019 to Calgary. 2022 to the Colorado Mammoth. And for the first time in 15 years, Buffalo wins the championship. That is John Gertler on the calls on this very station of the Buffalo Bandits in the NLL Champions. From this past season. Why are we bringing this up? Well, um, one, it's nice to talk about a team that won't make my brain explode. Two, it's nice to give them their proper due and credit as their season's about to start rolling in. Three, it gives me an excuse to bring back someone that uh, Used to like he was a staple on Saturdays, oftentimes with uh with fast track. I feel like we need to we need to bully Allen into uh getting Bukes back on the uh back on the air here. So Dave Buchanan joining me now on the West Her Hotline. Dave, it's Frank, it's Derek, it's been a minute since I've heard from you, man. How you doing? Guys, thank you for that uh, great introduction. Uh, it, it has been a, a while since my shadow has graced 500 Corporate Parkway there in Amherst, but uh, love still being able to, to pop on from time to time. And also, uh, got to give my uh, broadcasting partner in crime, John Gertler, a shout-out as well to a, a underrated voice in, in Buffalo sports history. Yeah, I mean, underrated in Buffalo sports history. Happy that we're able to still get him for the Bandits action as well. Um, obviously, I've worked with you guys plenty over the years as well, sometimes even down at the arena. So uh, I know everyone there very well. So it's been exciting, though, to see finally, for the first time in 15 years, we got John calling a celebratory uh call there for the bandits locking it down against Colorado in the NLL cup. Dave, it is the new season's coming. We're three weeks away. And the first thing I thought is it's mighty unfortunate that they don't get to start it here. Yeah. They'll start on the road December 9th in Albany, but uh, we're less than a month away now from December 16th at Key Bank Center when the uh, Buffalo Bandits will raise a championship banners to the rafters at the KBC against the San Diego Seals. 
Uh, you can get your tickets now. It looks like the lower bowl is already kind of sold out. At least like there might be a few single seats sprinkled out here and there. So if you want to go to this game, uh, I would get your tickets now at Ticketmaster for the home opener on December 16th. And uh, I cannot wait for the season to get going. Uh, Bukes, obviously not just being the defending champions and finally breaking through after several years of heartbreak in the NL Finals. Um, this team coming in as the champions, a lot of returning faces, and of course one big one there being Dane Smith, uh, one of your best scorers, signing a five-year extension. Yeah, really something that doesn't happen a lot in the National Lacrosse League, and I think he's the first bandit to sign a five-year deal since Mark Stainhouse did about a decade ago. Um, not that I don't think we were ever worried about Dane leaving, but what I think kind of, and I haven't talked to him about this, but I wouldn't be surprised if the fact that he finally got that championship here in Buffalo kind of sewed up his future here. He knows he's a bandit for life, and he knows that he'll be able to retire, hopefully not for another 10 years, that he brought a championship to Buffalo. So I think everything just kind of fell into place this offseason, and he's going to be locked up for five more years. And that's just the start for Steve Dietrich, the general manager and defensive coordinator of this team. He's already talking about wanting to sign Josh Byrne to a similar long-term deal. Uh, I think Josh uh, might have one year left on his current deal. Um so, you know, this this is the core that, that Chugger built when they, they drafted Dane and they drafted Josh and this era of Bandit Lacrosse started. And then they brought in Matt Vince and they added guys like Chris Cloutier and, and Chase Frazier and Dehoka Nanico. Uh, they built a great core here. And uh, even though the, there's plenty of competition in this league, it, it, there's a, a good shot that this team goes back-to-back this season as well. Dave Buchanan joining us here on the Wester Hotline. Speaking of Matt Vince, uh, a well-decorated goalie who, when brought in here, it was a big deal that a player of that prestige in net was coming here to Buffalo and really trying to help them get over that championship hump. And he finally breaks through with the Bandits here as well in net. He returns, and uh, Dave, you're going to have to correct me on this one. How old is Matt Vince here? Matt is the last bandit that is older than I am. He is 41. He turned 41 in June. I turned 41 into September, so he's got three months on me. But, yeah, Vino's back for another season. You know, he took some time after the championship to kind of think about it. But once August rolled around, you know, uh, the team wanted to know what he was thinking, and, and Matt talked it over with his family. He said, I'm coming back for an, at least another year. He signed a two-year deal. Um, but he'll definitely be back this season, which helps out a lot because he is such a big part of that back end and the last line of defense. And he continues to look like a 30 year old instead of a 40 plus year old, uh, the way he played, including only surrendering four goals in that final uh, game uh, ch- uh, championship clinching game at the key bank center against Colorado. So obviously this team coming in with a lot of big names, though, you mentioned the fact that they're working on an extension for Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, obviously being one of the mainstays of this group. Uh, and I keep looking back at a player like Tahoka Nanakoke over the past year and change of just being one of these emerging faces for this bandit squad. Yeah, the, that's, the, that's the good news is the, the goaltending's back and the offense is back this year uh, with Dane Josh. You've got Tahoka Nanakoke, who's been a great addition here in his first couple seasons in the league. Uh, just a, a, He can be a bruiser. He can be... Uh, a finesse player, you know, he does whatever you ask him to. He's a great presence. Uh, so he'll be part uh, back on the offense as well. Uh, Chris Cloutier's back. Chase Frazier's back. And Chase, of course, missed most of last season 
uh, during uh, with some off-season injury issues, came back for the championship run, of course. But he's looking at mid-season form in the two preseason games they played the last two weekends at KeyBank Center. Uh, Chase looks in phenomenal shape. I think he had he had a hat trick last Sunday against Rochester and a couple goals in their first preseason game. He looks phenomenal. And what I think is going to be interesting as technically this starting out of the gate, at least as we stand today, knock on wood, the, the Bandits offense is healthier than it was in the championship because they also get Brandon Robinson back here to start the season. Brandon Robinson was a free agent signee last year from Halifax, uh, a big body that can help create lanes for all the star power on the offense, but can also score some goals too. He had some pretty impressive games, but he went down with a knee injury halfway through last year. So we never got the Bandits offense with both Chase Frazier and Brandon Robinson uh, ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see how this offense looks uh, come opening night, December 9th at Albany. You made mention that the goaltending's back, the forwards are back. The defensive core, is that something that has changed over? I mean, Steve Priol, your captain, it's still his group back there as one of the more defensively sound, consistent teams when it comes to defense, uh, hopes to try to continue their championship defense. Yeah, the most of the defense is back. Yes, the captain, Steve Priolo, he's back. Uh, you know, he's been with this. He's the longest tenured bandit on the roster, but he's back for another season. Uh, you've got support there from Matt Spanger. You've got Nick Weiss coming back. Ian McKay, of course, who I could have talked about on the offense, but he's also defense in transition. Uh, he's back. Justin Martin is back as well. Uh, but there will be a couple of guys on the defense that won't be back this season. Uh, Ethan O'Connor signed with Rochester in the offseason. Uh, we found out once camp started that Bryce Sweeting will likely not play this season due to a, an offseason injury, according to what Steve Dietrich has said. Also, the team will be without Adam Bomberry to start the season. He's got a potential long-term injury as well, according to uh, the general manager. So there's going to be some holes to fill on the defense. Luckily, they've got some young guys coming in. Uh, their 2022 first-round pick, Cam Wires, uh, although he is still not medically cleared to go as of yet, I believe. Uh, Cam, uh, championship in the PLL. He won a silver medal at the World Championships for Team Canada alongside Dane and Josh. Uh, this is a big guy. I'm looking forward to see what he can do with the NLL. They've also got a local guy in Zach Belter who played at St. Bonaventure. So they've got some guys that are going to have to fill some holes here uh, on the defense. But uh, while most of the, the cast returns, uh, there will be some new faces on the back end. Dave, of course, um, when it comes to this team, you get to be the reigning champions, but it's also the farther you can fall. Um, Toronto always has themselves quality competition here. Halifax is a decent one. Rochester, another division rival. What are your biggest threats, would you say, around the league uh, as the Bandits begin their title defense? Off. You say division rival, but technically there's no divisions anymore in the National Lacrosse League. This year the league is going to what they're calling a unified standings where all 15 teams are basically playing for those eight playoff spots. Top eight make the playoffs overall. There's no more East-West, division, conference, whatever you want to call it. So with that and then also every team will play every other team at least once this season, something the NLL hasn't done uh, since pre-pandemic, uh, you know, to kind of mitigate travel the last couple of years. They've kept it more within the divisions. So we're only going to see Toronto a couple of times and Rochester a couple of times. But uh, when you look at the other 14 teams around the league, yes, Toronto is, is one of those teams that Buffalo is going to have to outgun this year. Uh, they got a big off-season acquisition in Mark Matthews. Uh, 
from Saskatchewan, who beat the Bandits for the championship back in 2016. So they'll be one to watch. And you're right, Halifax is another one uh, with uh, all their offensive firepower. Then you got to look at some of the teams out west, too, that are going to have to contend for a playoff spot right against the Bandits, like San Diego, who will be here on December 16th. Uh, with you know guys like Austin Stotts and and their talented group, uh, Colorado. There'll be a couple games against Colorado during the regular season. They'll be without Ryan Lee this year, but they still have Eli McLaughlin and Dylan Ward and their cast of characters that we saw in the finals last season. Uh, and then Vancouver. I think Vancouver is going to be really improved. They got a lot of great young talent, and they've also hired uh, Kurt Malofsky, who was the head coach in Calgary when they beat the Bandits in the championship in 2019. He's now their head coach. I'm interested to see how Vancouver is going to look this year as well. Dave, before we uh, go to break, uh, you you know you mentioned the change in the playoff structure. I just want to know your opinion of it, and you know maybe if it's something that you'd like to see in other sports. Um, I I'm more of an old school guy. I like I like this for the NL. I like this move specifically for the National Lacrosse League. But if you're talking. Like the NHL, you know, I'd love to see them go back to, to how it used to be with the, the top eight in the conference and, uh, you know, and not this, this divisional format that they've done the last couple of years. I, I would love to, to have that back. So I don't think, you know, the, the major four sports with the number of teams they have, I don't think it's a great look. But when you're in the National Lacrosse League, you've got 15 franchises. Uh, I think this is definitely uh, the way to go. And it, it adds to the uh, competition around the league. It makes more games, must-watch games for the league because you can watch, you know, every game on ESPN Plus here in the States. So you got to keep an eye on those Western teams more and uh, get you to watch more of the league. Dave, thank you for your time. I couldn't have asked for a more comprehensive report on the Bandits as they begin their title defense in just a couple of weeks. And like you said, less than a month away from them raising their championship banner in Banditland here at KeyBank Center. Thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with us today. Derek, anytime, my friend. Good to talk to you and, and Frank. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in Bandland in a few weeks. That, that you better believe. Dave Buchanan here on the West Her Hotline talking about the Buffalo Bandits and the beginning of a title defense for the first time in 15 years for the Buffalo Bandits. Gotta love seeing that. Um, the fact that there was just madness for the celebration of them winning the championship. It is a, uh, it's a, it's a it was really cool. How do I describe this? Cause I was about to say the word quiet. No, no, nah. it's a very loud niche following and more people should get into the bandits cause it's exciting. It is a game that you can really learn to understand and grasp. Um, the more you watch from it, uh, I've been up in the booth with John Gertler and with Bukes on broadcasts, and I've learned so much about the game working with those guys. And, I mean, it is great to watch. It's highly entertaining. It's chaos. The fans are madness. And if you haven't checked it out yet, it's something to suggest. It's a, it's a fun time. It's a affordable time, even. So get out there. Go check out the Bandits when they get started. December 16th, the first time they'll be touching down at KeyBank Center for the Bandit Faithful. 803-0551-888-552-550. It's back to your turn here. As Bills, Sabres, Bandits even, the floor is open. But first, 
when we come back, it's that good old booty cheek of the week. Time to see who we get to laugh at. Coming up next on WGR. Welcome back, Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Evan DePasquale here with you all for about another hour or so. And um, this is the part where I go ahead and say, hey, Evan, time to find some dumb music because uh, it's time for our should-be-sponsored, I-wish-it-was, Booty Cheek of the Week for Sports Talk Saturday. Mm. Yeah, so... I I, 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 I dearly I dearly wish that this was sponsored, but I don't know who's attaching their name to Booty Cheek of the Week. So, like TJ said, who is your ideal sponsor? I said, anyone that would give us money <laughs> <laughs> is the way I would go about this. But, like, I'd have to talk with the sales team. Like, there's so much work involved <laughs> with this. But I w- it's just – maybe it's my dream for as long as I'm in control of this show – to one day get a sponsor for the booty cheek of the week. This is something that we accidentally it's carried over. It was something we accidentally carried over from the leftovers podcast. Yeah. Cause I had Kyle on last week and we kind of reminisced about the podcast with you, me and KP. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Remember when I would go all the way back in the chair and go the dummy of the week. Like that's right. It, it just has a new name. Courtesy of Lucas Buckley, by the way. Um, because Lucas, who works among our sister station at WBEN, um, he would just, I don't know why, it just stuck. Saying something was terrible was booty cheeks. And then I said it here during the company Christmas party in 2019. People thought that I was tossed because it was the company Christmas party. And I said booty cheeks about Milan Lucic, and it just stuck. <laughs> so that's why I say booty cheeks. Because that means you're terrible. With that long introduction out of the way, hit me. (laughs) Great start. (laughs) Oh, boy. We got Trombone Champ here in this one. Oh, boy. That's That's a new one. All right. Good job, Evan. All right, anyway, um, my Booty Cheek of the Week this week. If you guys have any other nominations, you can go ahead with them. But uh, obviously, I'm going to continue piling on Sharissa Thompson here. Oh. Um, Sharissa Thompson decided to openly say that she was making up sideline reports. And that is so terrible to admit. Because not only are you doing a disservice for your job, you're doing a disservice for those in that industry and those like you trying to get ahead. Do you know how hard it is to be a female broadcaster in this industry? Because I don't know. I don't have that problem. The best I can do is try to empathize with that. And when you go ahead and say something like that, that discredits not just any sideline reporter, but it allows for blockheads to go ahead and throw their misogyny out there and go, Oh, you're just a girl that's making up reports. No. You're doing such a disservice to your peers that, like, oh, yeah, you can say this on Barstool and it's going to be funny. No. It's trash. It's trash and so are you for admitting it. 
I am all about honesty, but there are some things you just don't say. That doesn't make you a liar. It just means that you're not saying it. <laughs> but uh, seriously, it's one of the dumbest things I've heard of. To outdo the NHL in stupidity is that takes a talent. wild thing. That takes talent. It's ta- no, there's nothing. There's nothing talented about that. There's nothing talented saying, "Well, I made it up." <laughs> Do you know how easy it is to make something up, Frank? It's very easy. My reports say that Frank Arcuri stubbed his toe on his way in here today. Well, you'd be lying. See? There's no talent in that at all! I almost spilled the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, boy. See, there is Again. talent in being stupid. Oh, See? boy. <laughs> there is talent in being stupid. The booty cheek of the week was almost <laughs> me during the segment. Oh, man. Anyway, as this crescendo continues on with its terribleness here, do you, have you guys seen anything ridiculous here to put here on the uh, the BOW? Can I make my booty cheek of the week the um, Buffalo Bills for how they lost to Denver? I'll allow it. Okay. Because that's, that's an embarrassing way to lose. I'll allow Let's it. Let's be real. But we also have to talk more about that. We'll, we can segment. still talk about it, but yeah. I have another. I have another. I have another Let's, one, though it happened more than a week ago, and that is because I wasn't here last week. Oh yeah, from uh, that's uh, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> They've kind of gotten it. Together. Well, this was also before they fired Woodcroft. Yeah, true. Because they lost to San Jose. Yes, yes, they did. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, Kyle and I were like, "What's going on in Edmonton?" Uh, all right, we're gonna let this terrible music take us out. And uh, you're sure to hear more of that coming up when we do Around the NFL in the next hour. Anyway, we talk more about the Bills, more about the Sabres, or whichever thing comes up in our brains first. Uh, If you're on hold, stay there. Sports Talk Saturday rolls on for another hour here on WGR. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.